Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Damn it, for three, bang, oh! Somebody tell him he's a rookie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and really happy to have you here on the Believe Podcast Network here after the trade deadline has passed, going into the All-Star break in just a couple of days, the LA Clippers, one more game before the break. And we've got a great guest here for you this week, Josh Powell, eight-year career in the NBA, including a year with the Clippers. He won back-to-back titles with the Lakers as well. So a lot of experience for him and really lucky to have him on the show. So we'll have that conversation for you in just a quick minute. But before we do, want to let you know if you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. It really helps us grow the show. You can also find us on any other podcast directory, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, and also follow along at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on any social media handle. So with all of that said, mention the Clippers are here after the trade deadline. They did make a couple of moves, including the big move of adding Marcus Morris, a guy who's averaging over 19 points per ball game, top six in the NBA in three-point shooting, and brings a lot of toughness. That move was long rumored. It did happen for the Clippers they did have to part with Mo Harkless, a first-round pick, and Jerome Robinson, who went out to Washington in the deal as well. So Morris in, Harkless out, and another shooter, another big body for the, the Clippers to work with and potentially a big offensive threat for them going down the backstretch of the season. So tough to lose Harkless, but in my estimation, well worth it. Morris has been really efficient, really good, shooting off the dribble, off the catch as well. He'll likely be more off the catch and not as ISO heavy as he was in New York. I think he'll fit in just fine and be a big ad for this club. So I like the move, and I think it'll work really well. And we've already seen the full gamut of what Marcus Morris can provide. He has shown that offensive firepower in his first couple of games with the Clippers. He's also shown his proclivity for not backing down in tough situations, getting a little shoving match with Joel Embiid the other night. Also got a technical or a flagrant foul in the Cleveland game, so it comes with the territory with Morris, but just adding another not-back-down type of personality that'll fit in just fine with Beverly and Montrez Harrell and everyone that brings the Clippers' identity and what people expect from them. So I think Morris will be a big addition for this club, as I said. And Clippers right now, 37-17, third in the West, one game back of Denver, uh, one and a half games ahead of Utah at the four spot, and four games back of the one seed. So still right in position for where you would like them to be. The loss at Philadelphia, not the best performance. Clippers still had a chance to win despite Lou Will and Paul George, a combined eight for 30. So the shooting woes were not ideal and it certainly wasn't the best game the Clippers have played all year. But with all that said, they were there with a chance to win it. Uh, Josh Richardson was really having an out-of-body experience. Good player, but he was going nuts. Ben Simmons had a triple-double. So Philly's a good team, especially at home. We know they've had their own issues, but 25-2 and at home, very tough place to play. Clippers nearly had it, but couldn't quite close it out. So hopefully something they can bounce back quick from. We mentioned they have that one final game before the All-Star break. It's another tough one at Boston. Clippers just 1-2 and on this road trip. The Boston game, of course, will close it out before the break. So hopefully they can come out on top in that one. But Clippers still in good position, as we said, and we're in a good position here, as we mentioned. Josh Powell on the show, eight-year NBA veteran, NBA champion, EuroLeague champion, now playing in the big three as well. We cover pretty much all of it and get to talk about the Clippers, 
the Lakers, everything in between. So here it is, Josh Powell on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Enjoy. All right, we're now joined by our guest here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. It's former NBA champion Josh Powell, played with the Clippers, played with the Lakers, and many other teams across his career. We're very lucky to have him here with us. Uh, so, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you for having me. And Josh, of course, you mentioned a little bit in that intro, but you're one of the, the unique cases that's had a chance to play for both L.A. teams. What's it like for you to see both of them so competitive and with championship aspirations where, of course, the Lakers have always had that, uh, but for the Clippers, uh, a new experience for them being in this mix. But what's it, what's it been like for you to kind of see that develop for, for both of these franchises that you once uh, donned the uniform for? I mean, I think it's exciting. I think it's good for the city of L.A., um, Good for the game of basketball, you know, especially with that market in L.A. Um, you know, and I know it's been a lot of ups and downs. I mean, L.A., as far as the Lakers, purple and gold, have always and will always have the edge. But, um, you know, these last 10, 10 years or so have been interesting because, you know, obviously the Lakers went through their through their spell and they're back up on top. And um, during their spell, you know, the Clippers was – the, the team that was popping in the city at the time. So um, to see them have powerhouses on both sides, man, I know the playoff playoff situation is going to be a real interesting one when it comes time. Yeah, I know a lot of true and tried Clippers fans who have followed the team for a long time. Remember your season there. It was only one year, but uh, you were able to start 25 games in your year with the Clippers and then, of course, parlay that into – couple of championships in the following years with, with the Crosstown team, the Lakers, but what do you remember from your experience with the Clippers? Cle- clearly a different set of circumstances with, you know, Donald Sterling still being the owner and just not having the success, as you mentioned, that they've had in this build-up to now, but your brief experience with the Clippers and, and where they're at now. I mean, to be honest, man, we, we actually had a really good team, though. We just had a lot of injuries. You know, yeah. Elton Brand was supposed to be coming back. Um, Sean Livingston, it was just a bunch that we were dealing with. Um, cause that's, you know, that was a part of my opportunity to get a chance to, to play as much as I did, as well as start for as many games as a, at that I did. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for the Clippers situation because that was like, I, I got the chance to be able to show people what I could really do, you know, because of my Clippers stint, that's what helped me get that Lakers opportunity too, you know, so... I'm beyond grateful for them because that was the most I had been able to play. I mean, especially as a starter, I think I was up to 25 to 30 minutes a game, and I was putting up good numbers. Like, I mean, I'm not going to complain, but life was, from that aspect, life was life was great. You know, obviously, um, you want to win, you know what I'm saying? And that was like one of the first times I hadn't been in the playoff runnings. Um I think throughout my career, that's the only team that I didn't have a playoff stint with as far as in the league. So I had been used to, you know, long runs into the to the postseason, man. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm beyond grateful for that Clipper stint, for real. Yeah, and as I said, I know a lot of Clipper fans remember that stint and that time and, and you filling in, as you mentioned, with that injury plague team. But... Uh, looking forward to this year's team a little bit. They're 37-17 and 17 right now, third in the Western Conference, one game back of Denver, four back of the Lakers. What have your impressions been of the team so far? We know that they really haven't been 
very healthy at all this year, but what have you seen that you like, and what do you think needs to improve for this current edition of the Clippers team? I mean, I think it's the obvious, right? Like, as far as what you like from a defensive dog mentality type of squad that they have, um, they're obviously, you know, a team that will be exciting to watch. I mean, they got straight hoopers on their team from starting with, you know, Paul George and Kawhi. And, you know, Montrez is having an amazing year um, as usual. Um, Lou Will is doing his thing. You know, and then, you know, you got Patrick Beverly. I mean, you got guys that are filling in that are doing a good thing. But obviously those that health thing is a, a huge issue with, it seems like, the Clippers organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and just being able to get over that hump. Health as a whole is always something that, kind of plagues teams, especially at certain times, man, it kind of messes up certain things, but you know, on paper, man, especially if they're healthy, man, we already know they're one of the best, the better teams in the league. Um, And with the addition um, that they made during the trade, I mean, you know, I've I've listened to a lot of people talk about uh, what, what they need as far as you know, being able to contend because obviously they're going with what they, you know, them going against the Lakers and just having size and all of that. But, I mean, I, I like Marquis for them and what he's going to bring. Obviously, he has that, that mentality. Um, you know, they got into a little situation uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. Was it last night, right? Yeah, last night versus Philly, yep. Uh, yep, so um, you can already see, you know, they're – from the standpoint of them not backing down, obviously, that's that's one of their strengths. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the seven-game series, you know, because then what, what goes with that is, you know, experience. It goes with, um, you know, a little bit of luck and things going in, in guys' way. So it's just, it'll be interesting. It'll be a dogfight, you know in a seven-game series as far as them and the Lakers are concerned. Yeah, no question. And a little bit on the health thing, they've had just five or six games all year out of playing 54 right now that they've been at full strength or had all of their healthy players available. And, of course, you alluded to the trade for Marcus Morris. Do you think they need these last two months to stay relatively healthy to be ready for the playoffs and have that continuity? I think no matter what team it is, you definitely have to go into the playoffs on a high note. The chemistry has to be good, and guys have to be healthy. You know, when you when you start having certain issues and things going on, and you got to get guys ready and healthy and get them in the mix, you know, those things take time. And that chemistry piece is a huge piece that it seems like some people don't really take into account because they put teams together and on paper it looks great. Um, but I know, at least from my experience in getting to three finals, um, appearances in my league stint, that, that chemistry was a huge piece. And then we were healthy and we finished the season on a very strong note because that, you know, that stuff, man, it, it does, it does make a difference, you know, believe it or not. And just even from a moral standpoint, you know, just where everybody's mind is at going into the playoffs. And then matchups is another thing, too. So all of those things are very important. Yeah, no question about it. And 
as I said, you mentioned the Marcus Morris trade. We saw him, as he's prone to do at times, get into a little bit of a, a scuffle, brief one with Joel Embiid. Uh, but he's someone who came in averaging 19 points per game. Granted, a little bit different situation with the Knicks and higher volume. But what do you think he brings to this ball club? Uh, and is he an upgrade uh, in the trade where they sent out Mo Harkless in the first round pick? Uh, do you feel like Morris was an upgrade for this team in their quest for a championship? I mean, I, I absolutely. I mean, you got a seasoned vet. Um, he's obviously a guy that's a scorer. He can stretch the floor. Uh, he can play inside, and then the other thing, too, is, is I mean, he can defend. So um, I, I think that's a that's a huge plus for them. You know, I know that um, even with how talented Drew Lock is and what he brings to the table, I know that when you're talking about pressure situations and things like that, big plays, big shots, you know, you got to have guys who've been in that position before. You know, guys that are comfortable being in certain situations and they're not bothered by the moment. You know, that's a big thing. And we've, we've seen even guys who played long careers, and you would think they've been in the biggest of those moments still have times where they might get a little frazzled from, from time to time. So, it's, you know, it's a good pickup for them. Yeah, and, and of course you alluded to that you've been a part of playoff teams, championship teams, being in the playoffs a lot. From the outside, it's clear to see that the intensity's picked up. But when you're in it and you're a player in those games – can you describe what the difference is from a regular season game to a playoff game and, and what you can expect as a player? Going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that simple. I mean, you know, in the regular season, you know, you got another game coming up and, you know, you can make adjustments, you can do a certain thing. But in the playoffs, you know, for one, you playing not to go home. But for two, it's hard playing against the same team every night. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's how you separate yourself is when you can bring it every night and do that against the same team who they're going to guard you a certain way and they're going to attack you um, on the other hand a certain way. So, so, you know, for a guy or a team to be able to dominate or bring it night after night in the postseason, man, it's just a different level you have to be at in order to be successful during that time. You talked about it. It's always contingent on health and on the specific matchups. Are there any matchups, playoff-wise, that you like for the Clippers or that you would be worried about for the Clippers in terms of their playoff opponents? We're still obviously a few months removed from that, but are there matchups that you would want to avoid or, or look forward to when you go to the playoffs in this season? Um, well, before we get into who specifically, I, I think that Every team has a team that if they can face them at a later time down the line, they'll do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what's going on. Like, you know, I know this is off topic of what you're saying, but it goes in line with what you're saying. I was just having a conversation with a buddy of mine um, the other day, and he was talking about how the Chiefs were able to, like, get to their champion, you know what I mean? Like, to their, to, to that moment where they made it to the Super Bowl, and then obviously they took care of business, but they were just saying how certain teams helped them out and how they were able to get a bye instead of having to play the first week. I mean, all that stuff matters. Yeah, absolutely. When, when, teams, when teams take care of other teams and you don't necessarily have to see them, so if you, if you match up, you know, if you got one of those teams that match up really well with you, and you don't necessarily want to see them in round one, round two, 
you would prefer to see them, you know, in that Western Conference Finals before heading to the next thing. Or let's say, for example, another team ends up knocking them off. Now you don't have to even worry about that. And the team that knocked them off might be a team that you got the edge over. So, you know, all, all that stuff matters. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. really does. Like you said with the Chiefs thing, not that the road was easy, but just made easier by having to not play in that first round, getting all their home games, and you know potentially easier opponents on paper. So I definitely get where you're coming from right there. We take a quick break from our conversation with Josh Powell to let you know that the Believe in Clippers podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, and they have a brand new trimmer. It's the best on the market, and it's third generation. Called the Lawnmower 3.0, a manscaping trimmer, and it's now available for purchase. And its features are incredible. The leading cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents, and that's what you need. There's going to be millions of men around the country who are going to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. If you're out there here in 2020, you only want your face with that beard, you don't want the James Harden thing going down. Down low. You want it on the face. So keep it clean down there and make sure you use Manscaped, the new lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V. And as always, your balls will thank you. And looking forward for, for this Clippers team, just one more game before... The All-Star break, uh, they got a game at Boston to close out a four-game road trip. Obviously, the All-Star break is going to be beneficial for this team health-wise, but what do you see in this matchup with Boston? They played a great game earlier, very early in the season, but the final game before the break, uh, before they get that break and wrap things up. Well, I'm going to be real. It's, it's, it's an important game for the Clippers um, because no matter what, nobody wants to go into a break on a bad note. <laughs> I don't care what – I don't care – I don't care if there is 20-something, 30-something games left. It's just not a good feeling because we've also seen, think think of in the past when we've seen teams that have had losing records going into the break and how they've struggled, you know, coming out of it. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. happens sometimes. And then sometimes, you know what I mean, getting that win um, and what it does going into the break and how guys are prepared coming out of the break, it, it makes a difference. So, you know, obviously um, – we we know the tip the Clippers have a great team and what they have on that roster, um, but it's just important, man, like to take care of business and do what you're supposed to do, and at least that way, guys are feeling good. They're able to get that time to rest and be healthy and do what they need to do, um, so that when the break is over and they come back, man, they can start on a high note and keep keep pushing going in towards April. We've seen so far in this Clippers season, they performed pretty well against a lot of the other top teams in the league. Of course, the 2-0 record against the Lakers, 2-0 against Toronto, a couple wins against other big teams as well. But they've had some struggles against some of the, the lower-level teams in the league. Uh, is there anything extra you attribute to that? Are you Does that worry you, or do you think they're just not getting up for certain opponents uh, when they have a losing record or not as good a team as the ones they face at the top half of the league? I think I think that can be trouble. Yeah. The reason I'm saying it is because it's just from a mentality standpoint. Like every time you step out on the court is take care of business. Because you never know. Like if you need home court advantage, if you need, you know, to bump up from third to second, whatever the case may be, you need every game that you can get. 
And sometimes when you look back over an 82-game season, you're like, damn, man, we should have won against Phoenix. Or damn, we should have, you know, won that home game against such and such. And that stuff comes back and it bites you. You know, because when it's, when, it's, when it's showtime, you know, you, you can't turn on no switch. You know what I'm saying? It's, you just got to already be in that, in that mode. And um, that, that's the thing that can be troublesome because that, that mentality or, you know, just kind of coasting, that can kind of catch up to you. It's certainly a, a point of worry going forward. Hope that the health problem uh, would be part of that. And once they get healthy and get kind of the rhythm going, that that wouldn't be the case. But, yeah, a couple of losses especially recently to, to Sacramento and Minnesota, teams that, as you said, if you look back late in the year, that could be the difference between the two seed, the one seed, the three, whatever it may be. Yep, and then also, too, when you when people notice the way that you're losing, you know, NBA teams are so good, man, that they can make them adjustments and figure out, oh, this is how to beat them, especially if it's being proven night in and night out. So they got to figure that thing out. Yeah, and one thing that's been a hot topic amongst Clippers fans is you mentioned how well Zubats has been playing. Of course, Montrezl Harrell's been incredible as well. Uh, But Zubats, only until really recently, has been getting a ton of minutes. Uh, What do you see as far as going down the stretch of the usage of Zubats and and how big he'll be in terms of their late-season push and their playoff aspirations with him being really their only legit big-body seven-footer in the lineup? They're gonna they're gonna have to figure out a way to incorporate him more because you got a young guy with that size. He got good hands. He rebounds. He finishes. Just figuring out a way to give him some more opportunities because again, we're talking about the two teams in LA facing up, and I just know that those guys are gonna be in another gear. Obviously, I, I feel the Clippers will too. But man, you you got the the you got the recent passing of a legend, of an icon. Yeah. If you think number twenty three on that other side don't have something up his sleeve, man? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the way the basketball guys work, man, like. You're going to need that because, you know, the Lakers have a big athletic team. Um, and I just think that, let's say, for example, people decide to attack Montrez, you know what I mean? Or, or they got certain game plans that they go after. Then what do you do? You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I mean, Montrez is a 20-point guy, too. So, you know, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, just being able to make those adjustments and, and, and so on. So, I mean, it's just important. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that'll, that'll be that kind of chess game if the, these two teams do end up matching up at some point down the road of the Lakers' size, as you said, which can be very daunting, but the Clippers' ability to have a lot of wings who can shoot the ball. Uh, it'll just be a great chess match between those two to see in, if it's, it is a potential seven-game series, how those two go about it and going back and forth game to game. Right. Yeah. And uh, and looking forward past the All Star break, we mentioned third in the West right now. Do you think that this team needs to get one of the top two seeds to, you know, we mentioned that Chiefs thing to really give themselves the best chance because we've seen 
although the West is deeper, when you get down really past six, you got teams that are a little more inexperienced, uh, talented, but not as much on this level as some of the others. Do you think a top two seed is necessary for them in their, their quest to go forward for a title? I think it's important because here's the other part of it. Um, who's in that H spot? Is it Memphis? Right now it's Memphis, yeah. I know they're inexperienced, but teams like that could be scary too. Yep. If, depending on matchup and depending on how things have gone during the year. So, for example, if the Clippers stay where, you know what I'm saying, just depending on matchup and how it goes, and they end up facing them in the sec, you know, in the second round. Let's just say, for example, like obviously it'll be L.A. and Memphis. But let's say somehow it worked out when they played against them and they got that kind of running gun style that the Clippers haven't had the most success with this year. Yeah. Then that, that could potentially be a problem because, again, matchups are important. You know what I'm saying? And then if somebody's not healthy or something's going on, you just never know, you know. Playoffs, the beauty of it is anything can happen. Matchups are, are kind of everything, like you mentioned. And yeah. uh, we know that this Clippers team, they are deep. That's kind of one of their biggest strengths. But in the playoffs, especially, you mentioned the Lakers with LeBron. They're going to rely heavily on him. We know the Clippers are going to rely heavily on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. What's your estimate of what they've been so far? Have they been up to par with what you've expected in terms of that duo of Kawhi and PG? Or, or what do you see from those two so far throughout their Clippers tenure? I mean, they're, they're, they're both phenomenal players. You know what I mean? And they're, I mean, it's not disappointing. It's just, when I think of them, it reminds me of, like, how the Spurs was. And it's like, all right, let's just get to, let's get to when it matters. Yeah. So you can't, you can't really, like, you know, speak too heavily on what's going on now because, I mean, as professionals, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. They're hoopers, you know. They're gonna they're gonna get their numbers. They're gonna get their wins. Um, but you know, in the games that do matter, you know, obviously the Clippers have, you know, up to this point, man, they've shown that they're ready to take care of business. You know, so that's the the, the positive side of it. You know what I mean? Um, the negative side again is, you know, you don't necessarily know what percentage of health that guys are at, you know, and how that plays a factor in when it's really time to go. So you have those sides of it. Um, and, I, again, I, I know that both teams, both sides, all players and coaches will be ready from both ends. So it'll be exciting. We know the trade deadline has passed. Uh, there's still activity to be done because of the buyout market uh, is there anything when you're looking at this Clippers roster, we know they have a deep team already, uh, but any point of need that you think they could potentially address in the buyout market by adding either one or two guys? They have two open roster spots, so uh, one or two guys to bring in uh, to potentially flesh out and, and fill out the rest of the roster and what they need. I think the one thing everybody's looking for is shooting, right? Uh, I think you can't never have enough shooters on your team, so... Um, Obviously, defensively, man, they got a good, solid foundation. Um, but shooters, you know, playmakers, stuff like that, man, I, I I think that every team has a need or a want for that on their roster. 
and especially, like you said, come playoff time, shooting so important when when things bog down a little bit and defenses tighten up to have extra shooting on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Josh, a little bit on yourself. We mentioned your NBA career. You've won championships in the NBA and overseas. Uh, you've now played in the Big Three as well. Uh, what what keeps the drive going to, to keep playing and playing professional basketball? We're now on a different stage in the Big Three. How's that been for you, and what what's it taking to, to keep that going? I just think for me, I just have a, a love and a passion for the game. And, you know, any any chance I get the opportunity um, to continue playing it, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a do so. I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate that, you know, I can still play at a, at a high level, even at 37. Um, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And another thing that's really dope about it is, like, you know, my kids who are older, even when they were younger, I don't think they remember too much of, like, Lakers, Clippers days or or uh, Houston days or anything like that. So it's like now they really understand what's going on and, and show up and, you know, just see me be here in the States and be able to participate in something, I think is is dope for me. You know, they're the reasons why I do any and everything that I do, so... I'm amped about that, you know, and salute to Ice Cube and Jeff for creating a league for guys like myself where we can still have that platform to do something that we love to do. And you're playing, uh, your coach for the Killer Threes is Charles Oakley, one of my all-time favorite players growing up. Uh, What's it like to play, be around him, and obviously known for being one of the more intense, uh, hard-working guys uh, out there in the NBA during his career? What's it like to interact with him uh, on a daily basis when you're playing in the big three. <laughs> oh, good buddy, man. <laughs> I I love it, man. He's um, you know, you just you just can't take it personally. You understand that he's coming from a place of just being a true competitor, a warrior, um, and that's just his spirit. That's how he's always been. You know, you can't really expect for none of that to change. You just know he's coming from a good place, man. And I, you know, I I can appreciate that. You know what I'm saying because. You know he's gonna stay on us because he wants you know wants us to wants to bring the best out of each and every one of us. Um, so it's good, man. You're gonna always get something unexpected, a, a great quote, a funny moment. You're gonna get something. <laughs> you know, he's gonna say or do something that's gonna be off the wall. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure that's not uncommon in the in the locker room environment, whether it's the big three or in the NBA. I'm sure there's uh, there's plenty of stories to be told from that as well. Right. All right, Josh, well, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Uh, as we said, we're kind of just getting past the midpoint of the season, but hopefully we can have you on more to talk about Clippers basketball as the season goes on. But as we said, we really appreciate all the insight uh, that you can provide, and, and thanks so much for coming on the show. Much love. I appreciate you anytime. Look forward to the next. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. And again, a big thank you to Josh Powell for coming on the show and providing lots of insight and expertise. Really happy to have him on board and great guest here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. And a big thanks to you as well for tuning in and helping us continue to grow the show here as the Clippers make their push for what hopefully is a long playoff run through May and June this season. So if you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We're also available any other place podcasts are available. Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and our iHeart. And also at Believe.com. So many great shows on the platform. 
including shows across the NBA. So go ahead and check it out. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts, social media handle for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever else you need. It's all there. Be sure to follow along with me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cast as well. So with all of that said, again, a big thanks to Josh Powell. A big thanks to you. And we'll be back here in the Believe in Clippers podcast. You're only on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.